Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. I said good day, everyone, and welcome to Real Film Nerds Podcast episode number 320. For those of you who were stopping by because 420 was recently last week, sorry, we have another 100 episodes to go. And we might have to celebrate that, Mike. If we get all the way to 420, we will probably have to do a pothead movie for that one. Yeah, dude. I, th- I think we could find one or two, right? You know, there's a couple. We could reach back to some of the Cheech and Chong stuff or I don't know. There's there's a lot of things out there. That'd be fun, except for we've already done the one I really liked, the Stone Age. So that one's out the door. Well, what about the... Um... No, no, I'm, I'm blanking on it. It's like, uh, you got to call Samson. Oh, yes, dude. That would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, Dave Chappelle's, you know, uh, introduction to the general public, the world. Um, oh, shit. Now you have me questioning what it, what the title is for it. It's like how high or... Half-baked, half-baked. There you go. Got it. Half-baked. Nailed it, Mike. Got it. Perfect. So that's it. You've heard it here, folks. Real Film Nerds episode number 420, which we will get to in a couple years, is going to be half-baked. we got to remember that, Mike. Or, you know, we could always do uh, uh, the White Castle one. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle? Yeah. Yeah, that's a funny one, too. Half-baked, I think, is way better, though. Half-Baked's pretty great, dude. So, to steer the ship back onto topic and not explode over Texas, this week for Real Film Nerds episode number 320, Mike really liked that one. He's laughing his ass off even though you can't hear it. Um, This week, we talk about a serious film, and I have to get the full name in because for some reason the name got changed. It was The Covenant, and now it is Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Mike, give us the breakdown. All right. So um, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant is uh, directed by Guy Ritchie and uh, written by Ivan uh, Atkinson, Marne Davies, and Guy Ritchie. And this movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Dar Solemn, Sean Sagar, and Jason Wong. And this movie is uh, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant follows U.S. Army Sergeant John Keeley and Afghan interpreter Ahmed. After an ambush, Ahmed goes to Herculean Links to save Kinley's life. When Kinley learns that Ahmed and his family were not given safe patches to safe passage to America as promised. He must repay his debt by returning to the war zone to retrieve them before the Taliban hunts them down first. So before we get into the controversy that is this film, Mike, um, I just had to say a statement. You're really going to be in trouble when your kids start learning how to read and they want you to read to them because you had some big words on this one and you were having trouble with the big words, Mike. Oh man, I read to them all the time, but right now it's just they're they're small words. Well, that's the thing; they are also not reading along with you. So the instant they start reading along with you, like that's it, they're going to start correcting you, and then it's all over, Mike. 
It's fine. It's fine. Then your secret will be out. Like everyone in the Real Film Nerds podcast knows your secret. Uh, everyone, you know, we grew up with knows your secret, but uh, Mike, we've been sheltering your children and we're about to kick that door wide open. Yeah, I don't really think it's a secret. Okay, all right. It's not a secret. Mike just can't read fancy, complicated words real well. That's true. That's very true. And it actually stems from your spelling. But he can do other things very well, uh, mostly mathematical and analytical, which I can't do super well. I mean, I'm adequate, but I'm not at Mike's level. But I sure as hell know how to read and write. Yeah, I can definitely not do that but that's fine it's just that creative side you know i got that hardcore creative side you're more the analytical side anyways enough about that mike guy richie's the covenant ready set first impressions all right matt first impressions uh i liked it man um i was actually a little bit impressed that there was a little bit more to the story than what they kind of showed in the trailer i was a little worried that they showed the whole movie in the trailer They did show way more than what they should have in the trailer. Luckily, on their first trailer, they don't show um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character going back to rescue his interpreter. But in the second and the third trailer, they do. And that kind of didn't help things. But I understand, you know, you got to do multiple trailers to try and get people to go see your movie. And this is one that uh, I think when people see the word Guy Ritchie's, before the covenant people think like his other films his films that are more silly different paced over the top action filled you know uh not a serious war film and this is definitely something that's out of the norm for guy Ritchie. he doesn't do serious war films he does shit way over the top and i think he succeeded i thought this was a pretty good film Okay, yeah, man. No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Glad you liked it. That that that's all you got there, Mike. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, right. well, I thought you were gonna say something, dude. You just you just went quiet. Yeah. Well, because I was letting you jump in and start talking some more. I, I oh, like okay. it when you talk, Mike. All right. Yeah. No, I I I like this movie quite a bit. Um, I thought it was. It was powerful, you know, uh, it's always, uh, interesting to see, uh, you know, war type movies and stuff. Um, the, I mean, I, I guess it's not really a spoiler, but the, the journey of, 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 uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character getting saved was, uh, really impressive. Yeah. That's the best part of the film was, uh, uh, Dar Salim uh dragging jake gyllenhaal for days literally days you know and the level of hiding and uh care and trying to keep him conscious and alive and all that shit i mean it was just wow like this dude did not have to do any of that shit for the army sergeant he could have just walked away and nobody would have known any wiser you know but he didn't. It, there was some kind of brotherhood between the two that you see later on. You know, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, John Kinley, clearly, you know, feels an obligation to bring, you know, Ahmed and his family to the U.S. because the U.S. promised, you know, and that's where it's going to start getting real political. 
<laughs> and I will try not to do that, Mike, but it's what's going to happen. Okay. Try not to do it, Matt. Hold off. Hold off. Sir, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, no, th- this this was, um, I guess, just on a human side. It was just like he, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character just felt such a huge debt that when he found out this guy wasn't even getting what he he was promised he had to he had to go make it right well literally everyone in his squad died except for Jake Gyllenhaal and the only reason he lived at all is because of his interpreter at, at the bare minimum he could do was uphold the promise that our government made to the interpreters in Afghanistan yeah yep and he does all right. Um, so, Matt, I guess with that, uh, we're going to end up getting into Spoiler Zone pretty quickly here, I can tell. So uh, why don't I ask you, what are you drinking? <sighs> well, Mike, thanks for asking. I don't know if I'm in a celebrating mood or not, but uh, it's what I had in the fridge, so I'm drinking. Oh, you know what? I should talk about that. I said Micah's story uh about the you beer should. i'm drinking the champagne of beers where, where was that finland or sweden or belgium something? belgium belgium destroyed like a whole bunch of miller high life because it says champagne of beers on the side of it and i guess some country or some corporation got pissed because it's false advertising because it's not really champagne it's like come on it says champagne of beers jesus people they've only been shipping this shit over to you for probably 70 years yeah, yeah, apparently uh somebody got uh, upset about the, you know, how champagne's only supposed to be uh labeled champagne if it's actually from the Champagne region of France. And uh, you know, so this didn't qualify as champagne because it didn't have uh three main ingredients that are in champagne or whatever and it didn't hail from the correct region, so therefore it was a violation must be destroyed. I would have gladly taken it. They didn't need to destroy it. They could have just shipped it back to me. I know, Matt. Dude, that what that was like uh, thirteen hundred beers or something. What's that like? Two weeks for you? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe a week and a half. Yeah, yeah. You would pace yourself. You know, you would make it last. I'd say you go two weeks. All right, all right. So, Mike, what IPA are you drinking today? Oh, Matt, it's it's a shocker, big shocker. Not uh. Drinking an IPA. It is a nice, uh, crisp PBR, man. Paps Blue Ribbon. Holy shit. This is the podcast of cheap beer, and yours is cheaper than mine. <laughs> I love some PBR, dude. I don't know why. Well, what I love is that I noticed you've never had a PBR before now, and um, the instant you start having children... Thanks for coming back down to earth where the rest of us live and drink regular beer, Mike. No problem, Matt. No problem. (laughs) Okay, so speaking of you breeding, Mike, what is this week's just probably atrocious dad joke? I got dad jokes. I don't think they understand, though. Gotta think I'm funny. Other people never laugh, though. Dad jokes. Well, Matt, I, 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 Matt, like I said earlier before the podcast started, it's it's like mediocre, I think, and and you might actually get it, dude. I I feel like your head's always in the toilet. 
All right. That's the side effect of the Miller High Life. Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> All right. Literally always in the toilet. All right. Why couldn't the toilet paper cross the road? Mm. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Um, because it was on a roll? That was close, man. Because it was stuck in the crack. Ah, stuck in the crack. Yeah, that's definitely some lowbrow humor there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, man. It's, a, it's right up your alley. That's, you know. Or down my crack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or wedged go. in my crack. There you go. So, speaking of crack, Mike, how does Guy Ritchie's The Covenant relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, Matt, this one was pretty easy. This is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was, of course, in Spider-Man Far From Home. He was uh, the uh, quantum, uh, where, uh, what is it, Quentin? Oh. Quentin Beck, Mysterio, yeah, Quentin. Jesus, Mike. Yeah, yeah, Quentin, uh, yeah, sorry, man. I didn't even have to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Well, he, you know, you know how it goes. How dare you? So speaking about all those wonderful things, Mike, before we start getting into our spoiler section, we have a little giveaway, Mike. Oh, yeah? What are we giving away, Matt? So this is a film neither of us have seen in the theaters yet. I think a lot of people did, though, because uh, it. I think it made some money. But, Mike, we're going to be giving away digital copies of Scream number six. Or Scream VI. Oh, nice, dude. Um, I definitely wanted to see that in the theater. Uh, I just didn't get a chance. I, I, I know it has uh, the girl from Wednesday in it and uh, another person that was... Uh, they're, they're both popular. I, I think you're about to say their names. Oh, okay, good. Uh, hopefully I don't jumble them up too bad. But, uh, Mike, uh, what should our wonderful listeners do to be entered into our contest to win a free digital copy of scream six. Oh, come on, Matt. This one's easy. They got to tell us their favorite scary movie. Uh, that's a little broad, Mike. I thought you were going to say like your favorite scream scream movie. No, no, no. Cause it's, it's like the in scream. They're like, what's your favorite scary movie? Okay. All right. All right. Well, there you go. Mike gets to pick. He's the princess. So, Everyone needs to tell us their favorite Scream, not Scream, horror movie. Damn it. See, I'm already thinking Scream in my head. Damn it. And they can email, since Mike's not going to do it, they can email us at nerds at realfilmnerds.com or mike at realfilmnerds.com and just send us your, you know, what's your favorite horror movie or scary movie or whatever. Yeah, favorite scary movie, man. That's what they said in like the first three or four, four, five of them, five of them. Well, I don't know, dude. I think I stopped it too. Oh, I've seen them all. Well, minus this one. Well, yeah, but Mike, you love horror movies, so I expect you to see it. That's why I'm kind of shocked you haven't seen it yet. 
Well, you know, the schedule's not as open as it used to be. Well, Mike, you know, you just got to get yourself a leash and just put them outside with a bowl of food and some water. It's fine. And then go to the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll do that. Perfect. So, all right, here we go. Buy Scream 6 on digital now. Ghostface is back and more terrifying than ever on a rampage in the Big Apple. Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, and Courtney Cox star in the sensational slasher hit Scream 6, directed by Matt Bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillette. Get over an hour of killer bonus content when you buy on digital. Available at participating retailers, and Scream 6 is rated R. Because, of course it is. It's a horror movie, and it's a slasher horror movie. Well, a lot of the horror movies nowadays aren't quite R yet. And part of it, I think, is so you can have a broader audience. Okay, I understand that. But still, a true blue horror film has to be rated R. you got to have the blood, guts, and gore, man. Especially a slasher. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's some slashing going on in, in Scream 6. All right, Mike. So back to Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. I guess we're in spoilers now. So um, why don't you go ahead and spoil it uh, however you would like? Or should I? Um, I, I guess I can start, Matt. Uh, I, I don't know where to start exactly. Um uh, I'm going to try not to talk about the politics stuff because I Bullshit. think you're going to, it's, you're, 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 it's you're hard gonna, not to. Yeah. I think you're going to, uh, I think you're going to. Okay. How about this, that. Mike? Have you ever seen a small detachment like that of eight soldiers drive three hours away to a objective with no air cover, no nothing, and then get executed basically? Uh, no, 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 I haven't. Yeah, I don't think that part was very realistic. I understand there's dramatization in the film, but that I don't think that was very realistic at all. I think they would have had at least, you know, air covers in the area, or they would have had someone in the wings waiting, you know, to drop in, or, you know, I think they would have had something like that. Just my thinking. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. I would imagine they would have some sort of air cover unless they got pulled away for something else. Well, especially, I mean, something as important as finding an IED factory. I mean, that's kind of a big freaking deal. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, three hours from base was sketchy. Yeah, I mean, and they use Humvees to drive there. It's like, really? Come on, man. That's why they have helicopters and V-22s and all that shit. So quick insertion, you know, quick get them out, you know? Oh, well, whatever. I'm not going to try and read into it. Just, I'll put this out there. I opened up with this on the radio on Friday, this movie is not is not based on a true story. It is inspired by true events, but Guy Ritchie doesn't even put that in the film, but he has openly said it's inspired by true events, but the story is completely made up. The soldiers made up and the translator are made up. So this is just more of a uh, homage and uh, what am I trying to say? a conglomerate of real stories that actually happened merged into one kind of timeline. Yeah. So do you think the guy Ritchie made this to be just a political, um, kind of point kind of, I, I don't know, like to, to, to draw attention to, uh, 
certain things? Good question, Mike. So here's where my thinking goes. So I'm just going to use Jake Gyllenhaal for a good example here. I think I talked about this on the radio too. I'm not sure. So Jake Gyllenhaal was in another war film that was very political and was very poignant and trying to say something. I believe you saw it, Mike. It's called uh, Jarhead. Uh, yeah, yeah. This movie doesn't really say anything about the war. Like, it doesn't say if the Afghanistan war was good. It doesn't say if it was bad. It's just kind of there. This movie is more, in my opinion, to bring to light how horrible our government treated the translators of the Afghanistan people and how, to this day, there are hundreds of them cowering and hiding and fearing for their lives because they helped us out and we turned our backs on them. So... As far as it being political, yes, in a way, but I don't think he did it to say the Afghanistan war was bad or the Iraq war was bad or any of the Middle East wars were bad. It was, look at these people. These people sacrificed themselves, sacrificed their families for our country and for our guys to get home safe. And when they need to get home safe, we turn our backs on them. Yep. No, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's what he was going for. Um, Matt, you know, another movie that this kind of reminded me of a little bit was uh, The 13 Hours. Yes. The the Michael Bay movie about uh, um, the, uh, was it Benghazi? Right? Yeah, Benghazi Attack, yep. Yeah, Benghazi Attack. And I feel like that movie didn't try and take sides or anything. It just tried to show you what, what essentially kind of happened. I know some of it was dramatized or whatever but yeah so i think it's kind of along those lines it's just kind of a i don't know just a kind of a big middle finger to the government um i don't know if i would go that far i think it's more of trying to inform people uh more than anything else like the general public because people go to movies and the reason why i say that is uh, I I will use my girlfriend for an example or uh, uh, several other people I know uh, that don't pay attention to the news, never know what's going on, really don't care, and they're like, you know, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Well, when you go and watch a movie like this, it's kind of hard to ignore stuff like this. And it's there, black and white. Like, I knew about all of this going on years before this movie because I pay attention to the news. Now, I don't watch the news quite like I used to when I was in the industry, but I watch 60 Minutes every week. Uh, they did a whole you know, uh, segment on this. So it's, it's good to be informed, especially when it's not you know your country and it's happening overseas. I think it's a good thing, and I think that's one of the things America's failing at, at least the younger generations. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess if we made a TikTok with some music in the background, we could get to them. God, dude. you See, you just make it as almost worse than I do. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, it, it's, uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, I, I'm informed uh, because I keep up with the different things and stuff, but uh, I know a lot of people don't, and I know people don't have time and stuff, but... I guess uh, this is a good way to try and spread the spread some of the news or kind of, you know, at least what's going on, uh, at least 
pique an interest to be like, hey, what did we do in Afghanistan? What is this real? And uh, maybe, maybe find out or whatever. But I, I just don't like out of sight, out of mind kind of mentality thinking when it comes to others. Now, yes, one of the arguments my girlfriend uses against me all the time is that all oh, the news is depressing and and boring and sad. And I'm like, yes, that's true. But it's also informing you of what's going on in the world. And I think information is power. We're living in history every day. We're making history. If history was not important, then why do we have to take a class in it? Why do we need to learn about these things? Because we need to learn about the mistakes that governments and people have made in the past so we don't make them again. This is a mistake. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's it's uh, kind of fascinating to see how many times we end up making, uh, not we, like just overall like uh, leaders in, in world societies make the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah, it's uh, it's on a cycle. It really is. It's on a cycle how often this shit comes up and happens. And not just from our country, but other countries too. You know, it's it's kind of sad. But I, I think it's important to be informed. Instead of spending 45 minutes looking at TikTok sitting on your couch, why not spend, spend 10 of those 45 minutes reading a news app or reading uh, headlines? Don't even read the story. Just read the headlines just so you know what's going on. But I'll get off my soapbox because I'm always this way, especially when it comes to people being informed, because I think it's a downfall of society when people don't give a shit about each other. And that's what I think not being informed is. Well, yeah, um, I, I, I think that is right to some extent, Matt. So um, I guess with that. Uh... Is that heavy enough for you, Mike? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did, what did you think about uh, the technical aspects of the movie, Matt? Like how it was shot and and uh, like uh, that those aspects. Uh, it was good, man. I I wouldn't say it was like um, mind-numbingly beautiful shot, but I mean it was shot well. It uh, the angles he picked, the different um, lighting he chose, things like that. I mean, it's good. It's really really good. But it's nothing special. I, I, I thought it was uh, adequate and, uh, you know, it, it got the job done. But it, it was still, it was good. It was good to, to watch. Yeah, it wasn't mind-numbingly incredible, but it was fine. It, it did the job. Uh, it was better than average. It was fine. You know, the color palette was well done. I mean, it's supposed to be drab. It's supposed to be dark. You know, it's a war zone. I think it was fine. And the acting, I mean, honestly, dude... Dar Salim as Ahmed, fantastic. I knew Jake Gyllenhaal was going to be great. He always is. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. But Dar Salim, who played the interpreter, he was fantastic. He stole the show from Jake Gyllenhaal in my book. He did. He did. He he was a great character. He he played it really well. Yeah, I thought he did really, really fantastic. So, all right, Mike. Well, let's just go ahead and do it. Mike, how many reels do you give Guy Ritchie's The Covenant? I'm going to give uh, Covenant uh, four out of five reels. Well, Mike, that makes two of us. I also give it four out of five reels. I think it's a must-watch film. Uh, seeing in the theaters would help, but it's not a must in the theaters. But I think you should go anyways. We always talk about this. We always push our local theaters. Uh, you know, it's a war movie. And why not watch a war movie on a big screen with great surround sound and a bucket of popcorn? Yes, yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, we, we do always talk about this, and it does seem like uh, there has been some 
decent movement at the theaters lately with uh, Super Mario Brothers and the John Wick 4. And then uh, coming up here, uh, not this coming week, but the next week after that is the Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So we're definitely entering into the summer movie season. And uh, that that should hopefully be good for the theaters. Uh, I know when the uh, children get out of schools, uh, the movie theaters end up taking up a lot of that slack. And uh, being a former movie theater employee, that's always not the best time to be at the theater. But uh, I'm sure the theaters appreciate the business. So, Mike, speaking about movies coming up, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will be next week, not this week coming week so two weeks from now yes that's right because it comes out on may 5th yeah may 5th cinco de mayo cinco de drinko also my sister's 40th birthday whoop whoop she's getting old anyways mike next week we're gonna watch another war movie how does that sound dude that sounds wonderful this one is very different though it's a different war it's a different time and it's uh definitely has a different story for sure and different objective i guess yeah i don't know it it, it looks like it's a little bit more um uh, horror like comedy gore kind of crazy movie yeah that's that works it's a it's a war horror comedy gritty film Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, 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 I think so. So, Mike, we're going to go to the theaters and we're going to watch a little film called Sisu. Rated R. And you know what's really awesome about it, Mike? Uh, What's that, man? It's 91 minutes long. All right. Yep, yep. So, Sisu, for those of you who have not seen the trailers, I think they're only playing the trailers on rated R movies because, I mean, holy shit, is it graphic. (laughs) <laughs> which is what I think will be fun. It's very much in the vein of Renfield a couple weeks ago. And that's where I first saw the trailer was uh, 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 Renfield, I believe, but it's based during world war two. It is an ex soldier uh, who's panning for gold, basically gets ambushed by a bunch of Nazis and they wish they would have never ambushed him. Yeah, man, that, that, that is an accurate, uh, recounting of it uh i i I saw this trailer on renfield but i think i saw it on something else too and it was a red band trailer man and it was when i saw it i was like yes i want to see this movie i did too i was like i want to see this movie and i love in the in the red band trailer i think it's the only trailer they might have another one now but the only one i've seen has been the red band trailer and one of the things that it puts it in there it's actually like a horror review website it says the most satisfying film to watch, like brutalizing Nazis ever, or something like that. I'm like, done. I'm going to go see that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's kind of funny. Um, and uh, yeah, man, 91 minutes, and I'm looking forward to seeing this. Matt, do you already have your seat reserved? Because uh, you you go see these movies pretty early. I'll go see it Thursday night. And no, I don't buy the tickets ahead of time. I use my movie pass and I go the night of. Oh, all right. Nice. So anyways, all right, Mike. Well, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else, kind sir? No, no. I I, I think 
I think we talked about uh, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant uh, enough. Uh, For our giveaway, um, make sure to email uh, nerds at realfilmnerds or mike at realfilmnerds.com and uh, send us your your favorite scary movie. And, uh, yeah, you can uh, be entered for that contest for Scream 6. And uh, I guess, uh, Matt, do you, you, I guess I'll wrap it up. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's what I was kind of, kind of throwing to you. So, oh, all right, all right, yeah, all don't right. forget, tell us your favorite horror movie and you'll be entering our contest. We'll just keep pushing that because you said it once, I'll say it again. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, make sure to uh, follow us on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, we'll catch you on the next podcast. Go out there and watch a movie at the theater. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie. Welcome, everyone, to Ma Hinshaw Loses Her Cookies. Tonight we are uh, reviewing, oh my goodness, the movie. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I didn't know we were watching that movie, you crazy old bat. (laughs) So, hello everyone, I will just fix this. Hello everyone, welcome to Mahincha Loses Her Cookies, episode number 10, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Where my mother is going to talk over me too on top of this. This podcast is turning into a giant shit show. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that or not, but she is losing her cookies as in laughing her ass off. Yes, that's it. Oh, I and I'm allowed to swear because I'm an adult and my mom dropped the F bomb at me earlier, so it's allowed now. I'm not dropping the F bomb though. Okay. All righty. Mom, how gratifying was it when I was a child when I drop an f bomb and you'd get the spoon and whack me in the head with it? Uh, well, it was pretty gratifying. <laughs> I had a very big wooden spoon. See, people, child abuse—that's what this world's yep, missing. That's today. it. There you go. Yep. Okay, Ma. So, Guy Ritchie's *The Covenant*. What did you it, like about the film? I thought it was a great film. It was just amazing. Uh, I don't think that people who are translators uh, are recognized enough. And this movie definitely showed how, how they have to put themselves in danger and how they usually are very dedicated to the people they're translating for so, I uh, thought, mm-hmm. oh go ahead you you kept talking go ahead talk i just thought it was very uh exciting there the battles were just amazing the scenes of afghanistan's mountains and everything oh my goodness uh i don't know how people fought in that the it was very interesting. And I liked the movie a great deal. Okay. So how did Jake Gyllenhaal do? 
Is he going to replace your boy, Jason Mimosa? No, but he was a close second. He did a very wonderful job in this movie. He was very good. He didn't overact it. He was uh, just, I thought, uh, did a good job in it. And, uh, you know, he wasn't real loud and bossy and blah, blah, blah. And parts where you thought he would be. I thought he was good. Mm-hmm. What other films of Jake Joan Hall do you like? Spider-Man. So you liked ask- him in Spider-Man when he played Mysterio? Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, he was the bad guy in Spider-Man. Okay. That also I was like- Mike's Marvel Cinematic Universe tie-in. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. So that's your other movie that you like of Jake Gyllenhaal? You don't like Donnie Darko? Never seen it, I don't think. Or Jarhead? Never seen that one either. Why are you even on this podcast if you've not seen some of these pivotal films? I'm not sure why. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's because you're a retiree and you have nothing better to do but annoy your son and keep him up late at night editing your podcast because you sneeze, burp, and fart constantly. That's it. Absolutely true. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Okay, mom. But so, I what would... about what about our boy Dar Salim that played the uh, uh, Afghanistan translator or interpreter, as he refers to it in the film? Not a translator, interpreter. Oh, okay, interpreter. Yes. Oh, he was very, very good too. He really was, and that was uh, just a emotional part it was rough and uh he nailed it he was very good do you recommend do you recommend our listeners to go see this film in the theater yes i do i think it would be much more exciting than just being at home or watching it on television but if you had a huge television maybe but go to the movies Yes. So basically yes. you're trying to tell Lisa that she needs to go see this in the theaters because, you know, she has yes. a giant television. Well, she should go see it in the theaters, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Well, Very okay good. then. Ma, how many cookies? Oh, actually, we should ask this. What cookies are you making this week for our dear listeners that you're going to eat and not share? Oh. Are you not making cookies this week? Well, I will try to. Probably oatmeal. Do or do not. There is no try. Oh, do. Okay, Okay, so you're going to make oatmeal cookies for super fan Eric, who's going to travel down from Tucson and get the cookies. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) There you go. You know, you talk about all these cookies in here, and he wants some. Well. So I'm going to give him your address and he's going to come down and get some cookies. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. You better have some ready for him. They're not very good cookies. I've been experimenting on like three different recipes on my oatmeal cookies. I'm still not happy with them, but I keep trying. Eric, uh, you're always Don't welcome come. in my mother's home. Uh, oh, okay. Shoot yeah, me a text or a phone call or an email on what cookies you want Ma Hinchoff to make for you 
and I will make her make them, and you can come down and get them. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, Ma, so how many cookies do you give Guy Ritchie's The Covenant? I gave, give it a five there. Five oatmeal cookies out of five, a perfect mm-hmm, score. Mm-hmm, you can't get better mm-hmm. than this movie. Not no. even Titanic. No, I cried. No, much better than Titanic. Why did you cry? Is it because you needed to go to the bathroom and you couldn't get up? No. I. It was, you know, there was more than just one side of this movie. There was the wife and her husband being gone, and she didn't know if you know, he was dead, and she had kids at home. There was that. And and Dar's wife, who was expecting and didn't know where he was, there was a lot of stuff in this movie. It was very good. Yeah, but his character's mm-hmm. name was Ahmed, not Dar. His real name's Dar. Well, I know. Uh, Ahmed. All right. There. I, I know. Myself. I'm just getting nitpicky with you now. You're going to get angry yeah, you and you're going to hit Thank me again, you. aren't you? Yep. Where's his spoon? Okay. Yep. See, I knew it. You and your ding-dang-dong mm-hmm. spoon. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, anyway. so, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Ma. You're you're keep interrupting oh, me. No. I interrupt you. This is a shit show. Ma, go talk. Oh, so go see this movie in the theaters. It will be fantastic. The fight scenes, the battle scenes, the, all that, the scenery. It's great. That's it. Okay, so next week we're watching yet another movie about war. This one takes place towards the end of World War II about murdering Nazis. It's called Sisu. Are you excited for this film? Yes, I am, because I like World War II movies. Mm-hmm. And we all know how much you love violence. That's why you like Jason Momoa so much. Yes, well, really? Okay. <laughs> so you just are like, oh, yes, okay. I'm going to go along with your shenanigans. Ma, you could have said, no, you like Jason Mimosa because of his abs and his drink. I do like that too. (laughs) See, you're not helping yourself out here. You're not supposed to go along with whatever I say. You're supposed to pay attention. Oh, okay. So, all right, listeners next week, Sisu movie about murdering Nazis. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be fun. I think I'm going to love it. I think Ma Hinchaw is probably going to hate it. (laughs) <laughs> but uh thanks everybody for listening. This is Ma Hinshaw loses her cookies episode number 10. The oatmeal cookies strike back again. Hopefully Ma will come up with something a little bit better to make next week. Thanks again everybody for listening and we will chat at you and Real Film Nerds episode number 321 Sisu. <laughs>